0: Hi, this is Bishop E. James Logan, Senior Pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. Welcome to our podcast. I pray you'll be blessed by a fresh word from God every time you tune in. We're excited to be in this house. We're ready for a fresh word from the Lord, for holy visitation, impartation, and we need our anticipation in order for God to move in this place. Come on, let us lift our hands, close our eyes, bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you for another time of worship. We thank you for another time that we get to hear the word, God, and we get to apply the word to our lives as we go through Bible study. God, let there be something that ministers and pierces our hearts. Let there be something that pierces our minds. Let there be a word that we hear that changes the trajectory of our lives, that that would want us, that would warrant us, that would propel us, that would compel us to want to get in our word, study, fast, and pray. Seek your face above all else. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness so that we can do what you have called and commissioned for us to do in this earth, in this time, in this day. Now, Father, I pray that you would use me for your glory. I decrease so that you can increase. Minister through me with clarity, understanding, and anointing so that someone, someone can be saved. In Jesus' name, I pray. Everybody set? Amen. 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 You may grab your Bibles and turn with me to Luke chapter 8, verse 22. We're going to read several verses of Scripture Luke, Luke chapter eight, uh, verses 22 through 25. When you got it, say, I got it. You can just follow along with me. I'll be reading from the ESV. And the Bible says, one day he got into a boat with his disciples. And he said to them, let us go across to the other side of the lake so they set out and as they sailed he fell asleep somebody say he fell asleep and a windstorm came down on the lake and they were filling with water and were in danger somebody say danger, danger. and they went and woke him saying master master we are perishing and he awoke and he rebuked the wind and the raging waves and they ceased and there was a calm verse 25 he said to them where is your faith where is your faith and they were afraid and they marveled saying to one another who then is this that he commands even winds and water and they obey him we've already prayed you may have your seats the topic of today's teaching is where is your faith (laughs) where is your faith. It's interesting when we read the text that uh, if you understand anything about the Gospels, it is titled, if you read through your physical Bible, it will say, The Gospel According To. The Gospel According To. The Gospel According To. And there are two other Gospels According To. If we go to Matthew Chapter eight, verses 23 through 27. This is Matthew's account of this particular passage. In Matthew, it reads like this. And when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm. A great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But he was asleep. And they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? So Luke says that when he awoke, he rebuked the winds and the raging waves. And then he said, where's your faith? Matthew says. And he said to them, why are you afraid? Then he rebuked the wind and the waves. Let's see what Mark says. We go to Mark chapter four, verses thirty five through forty one. Mark chapter four. Verses 35 through 41, and it reads On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep, on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, "'Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing?' And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, "'Peace, be still.' And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, "'Why are you so afraid?' Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? So we have three different accounts where three different men are saying very similar things just in different ways. Luke says, Where is your faith? Matthew says, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? And Mark says, Why are you afraid? Have you no faith? So we can understand that throughout the Gospels, there is a distinction between the measurements of faith. Many of you have probably heard a teaching that Bishop taught some time ago, the measure of faith. You know, your faith can be measured. Some are referred to as having great faith some just have faith and others where Jesus says have little faith somebody say little faith have little faith or even above as it says no faith so we have great faith we have faith we have little faith and we have no faith which one are you But in Luke, Jesus is not measuring faith. He's asking where it is. He's asking where it is. When you ask someone where something is, that must mean that they have it or they had it at one time. They just don't know where it is. It has been misplaced. Almost as if Jesus is saying, I know you got some. But where is it? I know you have some kind of faith. I just need you to identify where your faith actually is. In order for us to trust Jesus, our faith needs to be put in the right place. Have you placed your faith in the wrong things, in the wrong people, in the wrong systems, in the wrong companies, in the wrong, in the wrong uh, 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 cryptocurrency application? Have you placed your faith in an area where Jesus has to ask you, where is your faith? I remember, mind if I tell you a story? Of course you don't, I have the mic. Uh, I remember there was a time Many, many years ago, a long, long time ago, way back in the day, because I'm, I'm 32 now, so uh, way back in the day, when I was probably about a preteen or an early teen, uh, me and my, my PK friend, best friend at the time, uh, Donovan, we, would, we fell in love with this particular Gospel artists, and at this particular time in our lives, we had made the decision. Even though we're PKs and we have been in church our entire lives, we had made the decision that we were gonna we were gonna be hungry for God. We were gonna we were gonna strive. We were gonna do everything we could to live right. You know, we were musicians. We're we're musical people, and we were serving, and we were we were practicing all the time, and we would text each other. Uh, uh, I don't even think we had texting at that time. We we not texting. We was communicating uh, via. Uh, AOL AIM, hey man, Ty Tribbett is about to come on. I'm not supposed to say his name. Uh, <laughs> he said, man, hey, this artist is about to come on. I can edit it out. <laughs> and and we, would, we would be so excited for when they would come on TBN and they would have different concerts and things of that sort. And I remember one time they came to Milwaukee and And my dad and and his dad, they took us to the concert. And I mean, it was so anointed, y'all. I'm telling you, it was anointed. For me, there was never a gospel group that that had came out that made me want to serve God like this particular artist did. And we went to multiple concerts. And then, you know, as as time went on and as we grew up and as he the, the individual came out with other albums and things of that sort, we got in different circles and we were able to be around them. And we were able to hang out with them and have dinner with them and go to different award shows where they were. And we got to see all of these gospel celebrities. And and, and the people that we were looking up to, the people that that were kind of in charge of, of how we, we dressed and how we moved and how we played the drums and the, and the rhythms and the beats and the tempos of how this particular group used to do things. This is how, they, this is how we begin to fashion how we wanted to play music and how we wanted to do instruments and how we wanted to study the word and how we wanted to jump real high like they used to do and, and have high energy. When that individual fell into a scandal, Many of my peers, they were shook. Many of my peers, they left the faith. Even some of his background singers and background dancers and musicians, they left the faith. They left being a body of believers because a man fell. And I remember, before I even had a conversation with my dad, I was kind of wrestling in my mind, like, man, like, how can he do this? You're, you sing these songs, and you talk about you have the victory, and you come against homosexuality, and lesbianism, and, and, and if you're on the organ, and you're, sin- you're sinning, and you're playing the drums, and you're singing, you're prophesying, you're sinking." and I was like, how can you be singing? And you're sinking. I remember I was sitting in my room, and the Holy Spirit Remember it vividly. He said to me, he said. Was it him? That made you feel what you felt? Or was it me? And at that moment, I made a decision that I wasn't going to allow one individual to cause me to no longer want to serve God when I know what God had done for me in my personal life. And this is where I believe many of us get it twisted when we have placed our faith in people. We've placed all of our belief in people. We've placed all of our trust in people. And when people fail you, when people lie to you, when people don't keep their promises, when people don't do what they told you they were going to do, when people neglect you, when people don't give you a hug, when people don't speak to you after church, to people that you hold on such high regard. When they don't say something to you, then you lose the faith. And God is saying to you, where is your faith? Like, where is it? Because obviously it's not where it needs to be. And when we place our faith in people, when we place all of our faith in people, when we place all of our trust in people, when we place all of our belief in people, that's idolatry. So you have to ask yourself, do I have idols in my life that I am unaware of? Are there things in my life that I have placed on a higher pedestal than God? Are there people and things and places and and materials that I put in position that exalts itself above God? So just like Jesus asked the disciples, Jesus is literally in the boat with them and they're freaking out like like Jesus is just going to let them die. Jesus is in the boat with you and you're freaking out like Jesus is about to let you die. Jesus is in your presence. We talked about it Sunday when the demon saw and felt that Jesus was in his presence. He said, you know what? Let me do as much damage as I possibly can because my time is almost up. You think Jesus is going to let you die in his presence? You think Jesus is going to let that situation, you think Jesus is going to let that job, you think Jesus is going to let whatever, whatever, whatever take you out and he's in the boat with you? Where is your faith? Where is your faith? And it's evident that that you at least have some faith, you've just placed it in the wrong people. You put it in the wrong place. You know, I'll talk about uh, myself and I'll talk about my father because I, I lived with him. I don't know about you, but I just the man that I know and, and some of my friends who are very similar, uh, us, us, Men that I'm talking about, we like to put things that are very important to us in the same place. We like to put things that are important to us in the same place. So when I need to get to it quickly, I know where it is. How important is your faith to you? To where Jesus has to constantly ask you, where is your faith? where is your faith I'll tell another story I remember uh, I was in early elementary school and and I wanted to play you know instruments and and um, I believe this is this is my testimony they can interject if they want but this this is my testimony and uh, I I wanted to play the drums and I feel like I was coerced into playing saxophone And so then, and then, you know, I ended up playing the saxophone. So then we bought, they bought, I didn't have no money, they bought a saxophone. And, uh, you know, I started playing it and I was practicing. And, you know, then I was like, you know, I, this, my heart was never in this. I don't really want to play the saxophone. And somehow, some way, I don't know how, maybe it was the devil, the saxophone ended up missing. And, uh, yeah, still to this day, we, don't, we have no idea <laughs> where that saxophone is. Um, y'all laughing too hard we have no idea where that saxophone is and I remember my mom would she would ask me from time to time uh boy where is that saxophone (laughs) where is that because we paid too much money where the mama's at yeah you know how you sound we paid too much money for that boy where is your saxophone where is your faith you fought through too much. You've been through too much to not know where your faith is. You've, been, you've had too many experiences that are expensive, that cost you too much for you not to know where your faith is. Faith in the wrong place becomes a point of weakness for the enemy to attack. The enemy knows when... He, He knows what kind of what kind of people you are he's he's already done your personality test he knows you he can see your pattern the song john the marino said cycles you have a cycle you're predictable yeah yeah i'm talking to you i'm talking to you that you always put your faith in your family and you expect these high and lofty things about your family and every time it's time for your family to show up for you. They don't. And then you lose the victory. So the enemy knows ah, that's that's it. They like to put their faith in people. So I'm going to make sure that the people that they hold in high regard are going to let them down. Some of you, you put your you put your faith in the stock markets. God bless you right now. Because the stock market is crazy. And the moment that the stock market is unpredictable, you can't trace it, you can't can't watch enough videos, you can't can't get enough information, you can't listen to enough NPR, uh, uh, MSNBC, whatever it is, you can't get enough information to help you figure out why the stock market is doing what it's doing because the devil knows you put your faith in the wrong place. It's easier to repoint your faith than to start from scratch and for you to have no faith. It's easy for you to repoint your faith than for you to start from scratch and build new faith. But you just got to know where your faith is. Our faith must be In the nature and character of an unchanging God. I'm going to say that one more time. Our faith must be in the nature and character of an unchanging God. A God who is faithful, who accomplishes exactly what it is that he has set his will to accomplish. A God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. A God who says, I will not allow my word to come forth without me making sure that it's done. Our faith must be in God. That doesn't mean we don't need to trust others or have faith in others. It's okay for you to have faith in others. It's okay for you to trust other people because you have to. Because we deal with people. We're humans. In case you didn't know, you're a You're a person. Some of y'all, you know. The bedrock of our faith must be in something that cannot be moved. If you're constantly putting your faith in things that continue to change, you don't have So the bedrock of our faith must be in something that cannot be moved or is contingent or in an unchanging God. And the culmination of his love for me that is found in the sacrifice of his son. Let me say that one more time. The bedrock of our faith must be in something that cannot be moved. It must be in an unchanging God and the culmination of his love for me. That is found in the sacrifice of his son. We have to make sure we put our faith in God. We have to put our faith in God. The song says, I put my faith, I put my trust, I put my hope, I put my belief in Jesus, my anchor to the ground. When you put an anchor in the ground, that means it's unmovable. The ship is not going anywhere. We have this terminology uh, when I was working in corporate America called a stake in the ground. I, I put my stake in the ground. This, this right here, this, these numbers won't change. These numbers won't move. We have to put our faith in the one who does not change. We have to put our faith in the one who says without faith, it is impossible to please me. Faith, the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 6. I'll be closing here shortly. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 6. It says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. You know, I, I deal with a lot of my generation, and uh, one of the things that a friend of mine we kind of set out to do is like, we're gonna, we're gonna try to get a group of young people to read through the Bible in a year, because you know we're living in the most biblically illiterate time People say they're believers and they don't know the Bible. People say they're believers, they, they couldn't tell you what John 3.16 is. They have it tattooed on their bodies, they don't, they don't know what it says, they don't know what it means. They have, I can do all things through Christ. What, what book, chapter, verse? Oh, I just it's just a good, no, 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 no. So we're living in this time, right? We said we're gonna read through the Bible in a year and you won't believe how many people said, yeah, I read that scripture before and I just, I just decided what it was going to mean to me. The Bible says, and don't lean on your own understanding because some of us are jacked up. And your understanding might be twisted. It might be twisted. It might be be wicked. You might have a perverted view of Scripture. Hmm. Lean not on your own understanding. How many times have we leaned on our own understanding and we found ourselves in some trouble? Am I talking to anybody? How many times did you say, you know what? God, I heard you call me, but I'm going to to figure this thing out on my own. Yeah, God, I know what you said, but I... I'm going going to scheme and and get to what you called me to do. Because I said it before and I'll say it again. Anytime you get to a place that you're called to, underdeveloped, what is supposed to be a blessing to you will feel like a curse. That's why it's important that that you, you allow God to get you to the place that he's called you to, instead of trying to get there on your own. Verse 6 says, In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. He will make straight your paths. When you, when you get yourself in alignment with the word of God, When you get yourself in alignment with prayer, when you get yourself in alignment with knowing what God's word says and his will is for your life, he will make things that used to be blurry. He will make things that used to be confusing. He will make them clear and he will make your paths straight. Some of you have so much confusion and chaos in your life is because God has no hand. He has he has no plan and no part in your life because you have not invited him in. The reason why you don't know what God says is because you've been listening to all these other voices as opposed to the voice of God. And this is why, like I said, on Sunday, we have to get back to a place where we are praying and fasting because you cannot know God's heart if you don't spend time with him. reason why your faith can be so easily shaken is because you don't spend no time with God. Your spouse won't talk to you and won't open up to you and won't provide you any what we call intimacy if you don't take time to spend time with them. Why do we think we can just rub the Bible? Come on, God, tell me what you're saying. Open it up. Open it up and sacrifice some time. God, I'm going to devote this amount of time to read my word, to pray. Then I'm going to take time to sit there and wait for you to speak to me. Hallelujah. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. This is why the Bible says guard your heart. Because you have to use your heart to trust God. You have given your heart to seventy-five different jokers who ain't no good, but you won't give your heart to God. You have allowed fifty-five different women to break your heart, and now you got trust issues in the church. You, oh, I'm, I was about to go there. I mean, I mean the things that we see today are just absolutely preposterous trust in the lord with all of your heart and don't lean on your own understanding you don't know as much as you think you know in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight one biblical theologian says that this kind of trust is not the mere cold ascent of enlightened judgment But it is trust with all of your heart. It is childlike trust. It is unwavering confidence in our Father's well-proved wisdom, faithfulness, and love. We need to be childlike when it comes to our trust in the Father. You You need to trust God like you tell your children to trust you. What I say, do what I say. You, you, God just need to just chastise some of y'all just real good. What did I say? Yes, God. God, I'll trust you. And, and this is our problem. We in, in Western civilization, we have to have all the facts before we trust them. We have to have all the answers. We have to have the whole plan figured out. We need a strategy. We need, uh, we need uh, 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 you know, the, the Microsoft Teams. Come on, God, who, who's going to be on the team? God, I need to know how many hours they're going to work. I need to know who's going to give me a prophetic word at which time. I need to know who's going to be sowing into my life. What's their last name and their social security number? God, I need you to give me the details. Well, God is just telling you, go to a land that I'm about to send you. Go to a land. But a lot of us, we like to scheme. You're trying to scheme your way into your destiny. You can't scheme your way into something God has already predestined for you. You have to walk out the process. Don't, don't throw nothing. I know we don't like that word. You have to work your way through the process because on your road to destiny, God is going to instill some things in you. He's going to teach you some things. He's going to make sure that you have some things that that were in you. He's going to make sure that Egypt is out of you. You've been wandering in the wilderness because you still got some old customs in you. We're in the kingdom now. We We don't do things that way. You have to have an unwavering confidence that, God, if you say it, I believe it. God, if you say it, I, I, I believe it. I know you're not going to let me die in this boat. God, I know that you're with me. I know that you are always with me. I know that you have a hedge of protection around me. I know that you started a work in me, and we will see it to the day of its completion. God, I know everything you said in your word is true about me. I am called. I am anointed. I am chosen. I am a royal priesthood. I am set apart. I am predestined. I know you formed me uh, and you called me before I was formed in my mother's belly. So I know that I'm here for a purpose, for purpose. You just have to believe. And you have to place your faith in the right place. You have to put your faith in the right place. You can't put your faith in preachers. Oh, my favorite preacher. Another scandal. Your faith should be in God. Your faith should be in Jesus. Your faith should be in the one who died on the cross for your sins. And once we do that. We'll have a better understanding. We may not have all the answers. We say, you know what, God, I trust you. When people fail you, you won't be so furious. You'll say, God, I trust you. When things don't go your way, you may cry because human emotions are normal. But you'll say, in the midst of your tears, God, I trust you. When you get that bad report, because suffering is a part of being a believer, you'll say, God, I trust you. Whatever comes your way through the peaks and valleys of life, you'll say, God, I trust you because I put my faith in you. Let us all stand to our feet. Hands raised. Father, I trust you. It's not always easy. But it's always worth it when I do it your way. Many are the plans in a man's heart. I know you've got it all figured out. I know you got your five year plan. You've got every job that you're gonna get for the next 39 months. I know you know and you've budgeted and you got your spreadsheets out and you have a plan for every single dollar in your bank account. I know you've, you've written it out, you, you have your plan. I'm gonna be married at 25. I'm gonna have kids at 29. We're gonna have a mansion at 33. I I know, I know we have all of these things. We have these lists and we have these things that we have set up in our hearts that we're gonna accomplish. But just like Jesus asked the disciples, I'm gonna ask you, where is your faith? Some of you have been angry with God. You've been frustrated, you've been confused. You cried out, God, give me an answer. But God is asking you, well, where did you put your faith? You have misplaced anger because you have misplaced faith. And in this moment, I just just want us to lift our hands to ask God to help us put our faith in him. God, help us put our faith back where it belongs. Help us get back to the book. Help us study your word day and night. Help us to listen to the right people because we know that faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God, that's, that's why the Bible also says you have to you have to be mindful what you hear. You have to protect your ears. You have to protect your hearing just like you, have, you protect your children's hearing and you protect what your children watch and what they listen to. You, too, have to protect your gates. So we don't allow the enemy easy access. To steal from us. What belongs to God. God, help us today. Help us to not be ashamed to say, God, I've messed up. Help us to not be ashamed to say, God, I put my faith in the wrong things. I put my faith in people. I put my faith in family. I put my faith in my job. I put my faith in my career. I put my faith in my children growing up to be the next big thing. God, help me to put my faith back in you. Help me to put my faith back in you. So I can walk in my purpose. So I can be confident that I'm not going to die in the boat because you are with me. You are with me. God is with you. Don't you ever forget that he is with you. I want to pray for anyone who is not saved, who may be watching online. Visit us on our website, cffczion.org, but I want to pray with you. You may save me. I said, Cam, I was, I was one of those individuals that you talked about earlier in your story. I put my faith in celebrities. I put my faith in gospel artists, gospel preachers, and the preachers that they would place on the TV, on TBN, and on, on the Word Network. I may have seen on, on the Stellar Awards. And, and as soon as they fail, I, I said, yeah, if, if this is what the gospel is like, I don't want any parts. But you realize that you've put your faith in the wrong place. And you want to rededicate your life. You want to give your life to Christ. I want you to repeat after me Lord, I believe you are the creator of the universe. You created man in your own image. I believe that you sent your only begotten Son, Jesus. To die on the cross for my sins and the sins of the whole world. I believe that he didn't just die, but he he rose from the grave, from the tomb with all power in his hands. He defeated death, hell and the grave. Because you've given him authority, power. Save me. Come into my heart. Come into my life. And not just be my Savior, but be my Lord. Rule my decisions. Rule my passions. Rule my life. Because my life now is in your hands. I am accepted. I am called. I am chosen because you have me here for a purpose. And help me to continue to place my faith in you each and every day. And I would surround myself with a body of believers and submit myself to a man and woman of God in the local body so I can walk this thing out. Amen. If you pray that prayer, You have now entered into the kingdom of God. And we celebrate you. We are so excited for your decision. It's decision day. And you made the best decision that you could have ever made. We're not saying that your life is going to be perfect now. We're not saying that you're not going to experience persecution and suffering. But with God, all things are possible. Listen, if this word blessed you. If this teaching encourages you, encourages you, I want you to put your hands together. And when this goes live, I want you to share it with your brothers and sisters as we continue to encourage one another to come back to the house of God. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us. I also want to thank you in advance for clicking on the link to support our ministry. Your giving is what moves ministry forward and ministry must move forward. You can also visit us online at cffczion.org for more information. If you were blessed by this word, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. God bless you.